The best and most beautiful things in the world cannot be seen or even touched. They must be felt with the heart. Those are the words by Helen Keller. If this is true, then how can our children learn to identify their emotions and channel them? This is what we're going to talk about today. Well, hello everyone. I hope you're having a great week, great day. Wherever you might be listening to this podcast, it is my wish that you are having a successful, productive day. My name is Jonathan Avila, and this is the Fatherhood Podcast. Emotion is a psychological, cognitive, and behavioral response that occurs when a person is stimulated. Try to remember the facial expression of a person to whom you gave either good or bad news. Remember how their face changed? His or her posture changed? How do they lifted their eyes upwards towards the sky as in reviewing their thoughts and trying to reason and understand what they were hearing? How did they react to that news? As adults, it's hard for us to understand emotions in children because throughout our lives, we have learned to think more, analyze more, and feel less. We become rational beings and avoid feeling. On the contrary, children feel with all they've got. That's why when they are happy, it's impossible for them to stop smiling, stop laughing. And when they get angry, <laughs> they scream and cry to express their anger. The problem that a child faces is not being able to identify or name all their emotional states. During the first years of life, every person learns to understand, measure, and deal with all these amount of emotions. And that's why it's so important as parents or teachers to understand to the best of our abilities how emotions in our children develop so that we can help them, guide them, and teach them how to be happy with healthy emotions and self-esteem. And this is where we make mistakes, because as adults, we ignore this area of development in a child, and we end up breaking the child's integrity and begin promoting unhappy, hurt, and insecure adults. To teach our children to identify, manage their emotions correctly, we need first to remember what we already know. The main source of education is our own example. Emotional intelligence is not hereditary, but rather it is learned. Parent.com gives us a great, great insight on how to strengthen our child's emotional intelligence. In one of their articles published on June 26, 2017, they share the following. When emotions run high, people do and say things they normally would not. When you're a young child, this is what you do all the time. Emotional self-regulation, a large component of emotional intelligence, is the ability to manage one's experience and expression of emotions. With practice, children improve their capacity for emotional self-regulation. By age four, most children start to use strategies to eliminate disturbing external stimuli. In other words, they cover their eyes when they're scared and plug their ears when they hear a loud noise. It's not until age 10 that children constantly use more complex strategies for emotional self-regulation. These strategies can be broken down into two simplistic categories, 
those that attempt to solve the problem and those that attempt to tolerate the emotion. When a child can make a change to address a problem, they engage in problem-focused coping by identifying the trouble and making a plan for dealing with it. When they deem the problem unsolvable, they engage in emotion-focused coping by working to tolerate and control distress. All these strategies are a part of emotional intelligence. Emotional intelligence encompasses awareness, understanding, and the ability to express and manage one's emotions. While the world has been focused on academic achievement in childhood, emotional self-regulation has been largely ignored. This is a poor strategy given that research suggests emotional intelligence is twice as strong as a predictor as IQ of later success. Self-control, one piece of emotional intelligence, is particularly important in predicting achievement in children. Children who are able to inhibit impulses, often driven by emotions, and avoid distractions are able to engage in more prosocial behaviors and accomplish their goals. A particularly powerful study tested school-aged children on self-control and conducted follow-up studies on those children in their 30s. The study demonstrated that self-control predicted success better than IQ, socioeconomic status, and family environment. Those children high in self-control were also healthier, made more money, and were less likely to have criminal records or trouble with alcohol. Before we continue with the topic, let me tell you about the Fatherhood Program. The Fatherhood Program is a special meeting for us fathers, a meeting where we get together and we share our experiences, our questions, our hardships, and with the support of everyone in the meeting, we are left encouraged to keep being the best dads that we can be. If you would like to get involved in the fatherhood program, why don't you send me a text to my personal cell phone, 323-365-5717, 323-365-5717, and I will give you all the information that you need. Did you know that our feelings serve a purpose? The first piece of emotional intelligence is awareness and understanding of emotions. We have to understand and accept before we can control and express our emotions. Emotions are not an inconvenience, but rather a piece of human evolution that serves a purpose. The discrete theory of emotions suggests that each of our primary emotions have evolved to serve distinct purposes and motivate our behavior. For example, sadness is an emotion uniquely capable of slowing us down, both in thought and motor activity. This can now allow us the opportunity to reflect on the source of our emotional upset and take a closer look at the antecedents of it. In contrast, anger speeds us up, mobilizing intense energy and sending blood to our extremities. While evolutionary, this gears us up for a fight. In modern times, it allows that sustained energy for a fight of a different nature. Anger cues us that our rights have been violated and helps us mobilize to protect against future threats. Our emotions are to be respected and reflected upon. This includes our children's intense emotions and seemingly non-intense situations. My daughter experiences intense anger when she's not able to do something she had previously accomplished, such as buckling her car seat independently. 
In their recent policy statement, the American Academy of Pediatrics advised parents not to use technology as a way to calm or pacify negative emotions in their child. Specifically, they expressed concern that using media as a strategy to calm could lead to problems with limit setting or the inability of children to develop their own emotion regulation. Basically, children need the experience of feeling these emotions and practice tolerating them to develop self-control and emotional intelligence. Because emotional intelligence appears to be such a strong predictor of success, researchers have looked at how caregivers can encourage its development. Specifically, Dr. John Gottman observed how parents respond to their children's emotion in an effort to understand how emotional intelligence develops. He found that parents respond to children's emotions in one of four possible ways. Number one, as dismissing parents. Dismissing parents see children's emotions as unimportant and attempt to eliminate them quickly, often through the use of distraction. Number two, disapproving parents. Disapproving parents see negative emotions as something to be squashed, usually through punishment. Third, lazy fair parents. Accept all emotions from child, but fail to help the child solve problems or put limits on appropriate behaviors. And number four, emotion coaching parents. Emotion coaching parents value negative emotions, are not impatient with a child's expression of them, and use emotional experience as an opportunity for bonding by offering guidance through labeling emotions and problem solving the issue at hand. Dr. Gottman's research shows children of parents who emotion coach are physically healthier, do better in school, and get along better with friends. Emotion coaching parents follow five basic steps to help their children with emotions. Dr. Gottman found that emotion coaching parents only follow all five steps 20 to 25% of the time, suggesting there is no need for guilt as no parent can complete this process all the time. So what process are we talking about here? Well, let me share it with you. There are five steps to emotion coaching. Step one, be aware of your child's emotions. Parents who emotion coach are aware of their own feelings and sensitive to the emotions present in their children. They do not require their child to ump up their emotional expression for the feelings to be acknowledged. Step two, see emotions as an opportunity for connection and teaching. Children's emotions are not an inconvenience or a challenge. They are an opportunity to connect with your child and coach them through a challenging feeling. Step three, listen and validate the feelings. Give your child your full attention while you listen to their emotional expression. Reflect back what you hear, thus telling your child you understand what they're seeing and experiencing. Step four, label their emotions. After you fully listened, Help your child develop an awareness of and vocabulary for their emotional expression. And step five, help your child problem solve with limits. All emotions are acceptable, but all behaviors are not. Help your child cope with his or her emotions by developing problem solving skills. Limit the expression to appropriate behaviors. 
This involves helping your child set goals and generating solutions to reach those goals. Sometimes the steps of emotion coaching happen quickly. Other times, these steps may take a great deal of time. Patience is key. If the problem is a big one, all five steps don't have to be completed in one interaction. So parents, let's remember what I mentioned at the beginning. Emotional intelligence is not hereditary, but rather learned. And we have to teach our children to identify and manage their emotions correctly. This is all for today. I want to thank you for spending these few minutes with us here at the Fatherhood Podcast. I want to encourage you to uh, please subscribe to this uh, podcast so that you can receive notifications of when new episodes are published. And also, please share it. Share it with other parents. Share it with other families. That way, we can spread the word about the Fatherhood Program here at Lumen and spread the word about the podcast as well. Thank you so much, and I'll see you next time.